Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Welcome to this podcast. I'm Louise Green, the Director of Education, and I'm talking to Sarah today. Sarah, I wonder if you could introduce yourself, please. Hi there, my name's Sarah Schneider, and I am the Social Prescribing and Wellbeing Lead at the Blanford Group Practice. Fantastic. Thank you, Sarah. So this is on the back of our practice manager conference that we held last week. And we did a little bit on some health champions and what innovations you could bring into your practice. And um, sadly, Sarah was going to come face to face um, with her practice manager to our um, practice manager conference um, that we were going to have um, in Salisbury. And of course, we went virtually. So we had to cut down the agenda and we've had to change things. But we don't want to lose all the valuable stuff that Sarah and her team are doing. So this is a little, hopefully another little bit of inspiration for you to see what can happen in your practice um, using your patients and using a little bit of imagination. So, Sarah, you're a social prescriber. Can you just tell yeah. me what sort of things you do? Okay, so um, I take referrals from GPs, um, from the reception staff, um, and I basically signpost patients um, that wouldn't necessarily need to see the GP um, for social um, community um, services or groups and things like that, which they can sort of interact with, you know, other people in the community rather than, you know, needing, like I said, needing to see the GP. Okay, so... Are you local to your practice? So do you personally know the community really well? Um, yes. Yeah, I'm, I live yeah, a couple of minutes away from the surgery. Um, know the town really well, which really helps um, mm. knowing what, what is around. And to be honest, since I've been doing this role, I have found out there's so much more going on in this town than people actually realise. So, and it, it's, it's nice. It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Because it's the sort of thing that you don't know that it's out there till you start looking but you don't absolutely. know because you don't know it's there and yeah all that kind yeah of. absolutely yeah there is so much you know going on because that somebody will ask me for something and i think um i don't know maybe like a social meeting you know if there's, if there's anywhere that people can meet socially um and and i have to say like um you know like i said but facebook is a big platform for us and if i can't find anything you know in my directory that i've done then i'll go out on facebook and nine times out of ten i'll get 10 to 20 people saying have you looked at this have you looked at that so it, you know it's really really good so. tell me a little bit more about using facebook then is it is it's a practice facebook page you have is it we do yeah we have a fa uh, practice one which everything we do um goes on there when um our groups are up and running um every sunday evening i will put on um a list of um the groups that are on that week the times that they're on and where they're meeting so, and, you know, people can just either turn up or lots of people comment on there and say, you know, how do we get into this? And, and then, you know, I'll just have a conversation with them and say, look, you know, this is how you do it. And, but people can just, you know, turn up. And we also, um, we don't, we just do, don't just use our own one. We go out on all the village um, Facebook page, pages as well. There's also a massive one, which is called the Blam for Forum Public Forum, which has got probably about 8,000 followers on there. Um, so we know that we're getting to a, you know, a good vast amount of people. Not everybody's on Facebook. We, we appreciate that. So, you know, it is difficult to, um, to get it out to everybody, but most people do get to hear about it. Okay. So that's kind of your instant and your first port of call for communication. So what about yeah. if you advertise something on there and then somebody who isn't your patient comes along? Is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah. We don't ever turn anyone away. We've had, um, people calling from 
I had a call one day about, oh, we, we run a PTSD group and somebody contacted me and said, I've got someone that lives in Bournemouth. Can they come to your group? Absolutely. We wouldn't turn anyone away. So, okay. So let's just take that as an example because I'm interested in that. So PTSD, how did that group come about? And did you, did you suggest it or did somebody come to you and say, I'd like to start something? Just tell me, tell me how that works. Okay. So most, most of our groups um, are, well, all of our groups are run by our patients who have come to us and, and you know, wanted to be volunteers. And they are, you know, they've got particular areas, what they're interested in. So the PTSD group, um, we have a lovely lady called Danny who runs that. She came to us and said, look, I would quite like to, you know, run a group on this. Um, how do I go about it? So we were like, yeah, absolutely great. So she, we did a DBS check. Um, she, like I said, she comes under our public liability. Um, and then basically we look for um, venues for her. And then we, you know, we promote it on Facebook. We let the GPs know there is this peer we, like I said, we always call them our peer support groups because they're not clinically trained, but they have a background in that area. Um, so, because so, I, mean, I don't know, obviously, so I, I don't know you, but do you know anything about PTSD? Because if somebody came to me and said, I'd like to set up a group and they seemed like a well-meaning person, I would have kind of no reason to say no. But how do you know they're the right people to run the groups? Um, we, we generally have, generally have a chat. Um, they come in um, in my little room here, um, and they have a, we have a little chat and everything, and um, and it just goes from there really. I mean, you can re- normally you can sort of get a feel for somebody when they really know you know what they're talking about. Like you say, I'm you know I'm no expert on PTSD at all, um, but when somebody comes in and they're really like um, um, excited about you know wanting to to give something to the community, you know that and been going really really well. Even through the COVID, um, you know, she didn't want to stop it. So she's been doing, she wanted to do Zoom Zoom meetings, but unfortunately not many of the people that attend the group um, were up for that. So she does one-to-one phone calls at the moment. So she's, you know, she's keeping them, keeping them going. So that's been really good. Really good. So how many groups have you got running at the moment? Oh, we've got about, I think there's about 25, 25 groups. And we've got probably about, 40 health champions so not all of them you know are physically um running groups or anything but they're there if we need them they're always there to support us or you know some um, wherever we can we do um um events to promote our health champions like the in the corn exchange at blanford they sometimes have the community expo so we always you know get a table there um we also came up with um an initiative a couple of years ago um, where we were going to start doing um, promoting health so we came up with this um, name of um, happy healthy you um, so this was just a little bit before all the social prescribing came about funny enough and and I would hold events in the surgery and we would get lots of people like um, the leisure center um, the the slimming groups um, live well Dorset um, there's lots of different little groups in that about, and it started off really small and it got so big that we couldn't do it in the, in the surgery anymore. So we had to hire some, well, actually the corn exchange gave us some free tables and we would do it on market day. And, you know, that was sort of how we started promoting, you know, lots of different health ways, different health things. So. Well, so a nice really situation good. to be in that the, the room was too small because you were so yeah, successful. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, we try and try and do it different places, but yeah. Oh, and why did you start doing it, Sarah? What's the point of all this? 
Well, Carol, our practice manager, she's very, um, very proactive and she's, you know, very enthusiastic. Um, and she, you know, she's, she really wants to push the health and, you know, wants to be able to help um, different people. And, and she, she's very um, fit. She does lots of cycling and things like that. And I think she's just trying to get other people motivated. And, and she said, you know, it would be just good if we could, as a, as a surgery, try and promote this and, you know, get lots of different things off the ground. So um, I think that that was the main reason for like the Happy Healthy You. But again, for the, the um, health champions and that, you know, when she realized that it was going to help the surgery, she was like, you know, we've got to try this. So to be honest, I, I didn't actually think it was, I was thinking, how is this going to work? I can't see how this is going to work. And you look at us now, 18 months down the line, it's just been amazing. That's interesting because you were a reception, part of the reception team, weren't you, to start yeah. with? So you came yeah. from a sort of a, I'm not sure kind of place. Absolutely, and then yeah. you, you were converted. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so. what do you think, what benefit is it? I mean, you say happy, healthy you. What, what exactly are you doing? So in your table in the corn exchange, what will you do? Blood pressures or just talk to people about the eating? Yeah. Or? We had, well, we had, um, like I say, there was lots of different um, services there, like, say, Live Well, um, you know, the Leisure Centre and all the, all the different um, groups around that could benefit people with their health and uh, fitness. Um, so people would come in and if they were interested in maybe joining a gym, you know, they'd have a chat with them and they'd give them discount or whatever. Live Well, um, you know, are really good and they do lots of different things. But as a surgery, we were promoting all our groups from our health champions, but we also had a HCA there and she would do um, finger cholesterol and also patient blood pressures. So, in, and if there's obviously any um, issues from that, then that would come back to the surgery and, you know, we chat to the GP about it. But yeah, lots of, we used lots and lots of people just come to have their cholesterol test and, you know, they'd hear about it in the town, oh, this, this is going on and you know, go up and have your, and we'd have queues of people to come and have their cholesterol tested and stuff like that. But, and so yeah, they were always good. Did you record the information where you, so you saw Mr. Blocks and took his cholesterol test, did you actually record that or was this just for their patient information only? It was just for their patient information only really, yeah. Um, they wrote down, wrote it all down for the patient so that, you know, they had it there and if they did need to go to the surgery or anywhere, you know, sort of within that, within a space of time, you know, they knew that they'd had that done there and then and what their, what their levels and readings were. So, And did you pick yeah. up any patients who had sort of seriously high blood pressure or any con health concerns by just doing that and getting out about and pe seeing people in a different way? Um, from the cholesterol but BP side of things, I'm, I think they probably had a, you know, a few, um, which they would then, the HCAs would bring back to the surgery and speak to the GPs and, you know, and, go whichever route they needed to there um but I was more involved in sort of promoting our health champion side so um so yeah so tell me a bit about them so are the health champions are they, are they also all patient volunteers they are yeah they're all so going back say 18 months um Carol um was I best guess was approached by um altogether better program um explained to her you know how this can help our surgery so she decided to sign up to it they did a lot of the groundwork. They sent out thousands of um, random text messages to our patients. Um, they then came on a three-day training course um, with All Together Better. Um, there was about, I think there was about 15, 16 people. And on day two, we only lost one. So lots of people were still interested in what was going on. Um, and then 
what we actually did was it was we rather than saying to them this is what we need in our surgery we would say what can you offer what have you you know what would you like to offer and like I say you know we've got fibromyalgia group we've got a um a chap that does our diabetes talks um and that's basically um he helps people to um reverse their diabetes through um diet and um exercise um we've got a running group we've got a nordic walking group we've got oh there's just there's just so many um but these are what people have come to us and said this is what i would like to do there has been the odd one or two where people have said oh have you thought about this and again good old facebook go out on facebook does anybody you know is anybody interested in this would anybody like to help set this group up and we've had a couple like that but most of them have been where you know people have come to us and said we'd really like to get this going and then we support it so um, we support them and we signpost into them as well so, so when you support them because i can imagine from a sort of receptionist point of view you might be thinking oh my goodness this is going to create a lot of work you're going to have all these volunteers milling around asking me when this is on when that's on and i can barely cope with you know answering the phone and doing prescriptions as it is so how do you make sure it doesn't does increase your workload and that people are signposted into you and your t i guess you have a team sarah or is it just you there's a there's a team of uh, in our well-being team there's three of us so there's myself um, social prescribing then we have our carers lead um, and we also have our dementia lead and we all three the three of us have been working together since sort of about October time um, and we've you know sort of been it's been really good sort of getting to know about what the carers do and to be honest it all does seem to sort of um, mix together event you know in some cases um, so like I may get a referral for something that actually they need this, but also it's, you know, a carer's point of view as well. So then it will get, you know, referred on to, to Claire, our carer's lead. Um, but um, most of the um, the referrals will, I mean, I'm here on my own in the office now. So I, you know, I don't have to answer the phones from reception or anything like that. So a lot of the referrals will come direct to myself. Um, and then I'll look and see where we can signpost on to. Um, you know, most of the time I'll have a chat with the patient and just say, you know, I've had a referral from the GP. Um, you know, do you want to tell me a little bit more so we can, you know, see where the next, the best next step is for you, that sort of thing. So, you know, and, and, and what they want out of it. Yeah. And has it saved a lot of time and a lot of appointments for nurses and GPs? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've um, been dealing with a couple of um, things at the moment where had it gone to the GP from the you know from the word go um i think it would have taken them a long long time to to you know to do lots of different things whereas it came direct to us um and well, it came to myself and i knew exactly that it, what it you know what it was for um so it went to our carer's lead who was able to literally deal with every single thing the one thing the doctor had to do was just nip out see the patients and do like an assessment and the rest of the work was really done by by our team so it you, has been good. I mean, that's fantastic. Do do patients trust you in the way that they trust GPs? And actually, might they speak more to you because they you seem a little bit sort of less threatening? You're not going to report, or I don't know. What's yeah. the relationship you have with them? Um, well, all the ones that I've spoken to, and I know um, Claire and Rosemary as well. Um, you know, I think a lot of the time it's how you know it's how you speak to the patients. Mm. Um, it's you know you've got to you know, it's, it's how you start the conversation. It's like, you know, what would you like from this? Or, you know, how would you, um, 
going forward what you know that, that sort of thing um and it's there's a lot of things like where i speak to anxiety and you know they're not they need that little bit of help but they know they don't necessarily need to see the doctor for medication so so in that sense it, it is like i say it's all about um how you talk to them and you know just trying to keep them calm and not saying right well you know i'm just going to send you off this referral it's getting a little bit of background from them to see what it is they actually want because obviously we've got you know lots of places we can signpost into and it's really just sort of looking at what their needs are and signposting into the right place and have you had to have quite a lot of training for this sarah as i say you know you obviously know general practice because you were a receptionist receptionist lead but when you say how you speak to patients, it's really important. Have you had to have some special training for that? No, not really. <laughs> it is just, um, I don't know, I think it's, um, we, we've had a bit of training on like different, you know, areas, but not really on how to speak to patients, which to be honest, would, would be quite nice. Um, but I think it's just one of those things you have to sit and think about what you're going to say before you con I do anyway, sit and think about what you're going to say to that patient before you ring them. Um, and, you know, and, and then just go with it really, because when they, when they reply to you, um, I don't know, it's just, it just flows and you, you know, you just, we just seem to know what to say. And I, you know, everybody that I've spoken to so far, it's been really nice to see when you're a receptionist, sometimes you get some patients that are quite grumpy and, you know, they're quite offish or rude or whatever, but these people we're talking to, it just seems to make a difference to them and they're all really grateful and, you know, they're not like, well, what are you asking me that for? Or do you know what I mean? That sort of thing. So, so it is really nice. And, I, I do believe that everyone I've spoken to, um, because they sound so grateful or they've said they're grateful, they obviously have got that trust in us to, to because we're listening to what this, I'm not saying the GPs don't listen, but because we're actually listening before, you know, before we sort of sign post, then I think it makes a difference. Well, it sounds as if you've, you know, you've got some time. Obviously, your communication skills are strong, otherwise they wouldn't respond well to you. But it sounds like you actually, as opposed to on, when you're on reception, you're trying to, in the nicest possible way, sort and get rid of whatever's in front of you to move on to the next, because you know you've got a backup, you know, a, 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 queue, a queue of phone calls coming in. If you've got some time to spend with this person, that they must absolutely love it. And I imagine it's yeah. quite satisfying for you as well. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah, really good. So one of the things you mentioned was um, that you, I think it was the PTSD group, they wanted to do things in COVID and actually people didn't want to necessarily get involved in Zoom and that sort of thing. Um, how has COVID affected your um, patient, your patient groups and what have you managed to do for them during this time? Um, so all of our groups unfortunately, you know, had to stop because of COVID. Um, right at the beginning, I think Zoom wasn't really a thing, you know, to go forward with the groups. Um, however, sort of, I guess, sort of five, six weeks in, it was a bit like, well, you know, I'll approach some of them, like the, like the fibromyalgia group and said, look, you know, how would you feel about doing a, a Zoom meeting? Um, you know, if you're not sure about it, I can get it all set up for you, show you how to do it and everything. Um, and she, and the lady that runs it said, oh, well, let me think about it. Anyway, next thing I seen on their Facebook post, Zoom meeting, such and such, and she'd set it all up and, and they've been having two a week for the last five weeks now um so that's been going well like i say the ptsd group um she she does the phone calls um a lot of our time um over the last few months has been you know dealing with our vulnerable shielded patients um for well-being calls 
making sure that, you know, they've got their medication, they've got someone to do it, arranging deliveries for them and, and you know, things like that. So it has been pretty flat out. Um, it, so it has been a real shame for our health champion groups because obviously we've not really been able to signpost into them. Other um, services, obviously, that still go in, um, you know, we have signposted into them. Our befrienders have been absolute godsend throughout this time because there's been so many um, elderly, vulnerable patients that have just needed that little extra person to talk to because they've spoken to anybody for two weeks. Or, But what we also do as well, although we signpost onto our befrienders, whoever's made that phone call, they'll make a note and they'll phone that person again the following week just to follow up and make sure that, you know they are okay and we're here if they need them so it's fantastic yeah, it's yeah really good that's just social support is so invaluable yeah absolutely so, so if i gave you a crystal ball and i'd say okay oh, sunshine, we don't have any covid we don't have anything it's all marvelous what would you like to see how would you like to see all these projects sort of move or anything different or how how would you like to see things grow um, I definitely like to see the, the, the groups grow, um, more groups. Um, like I said, there's still lots of things out there that people need that we haven't got. Um, but I would just, yeah, I'd like to see it all grow really well. And I would also like um, more people to, to know about us. We've got lots and lots of people that do know about us, but it's people that just phone up and say, can I speak to your wellbeing team because I want to look at such and such rather than phoning up, oh, I need to see the GP because of this but actually it's not them they need to see. So that would be really nice as well to reduce more, um, you know, um, phone calls going towards the GPs and then coming to us. But I think just, just going as it is or as it was um, and just growing, I think it would just be amazing. So, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, it's been really nice to talk to you, Sarah. Thank you so much for sharing what you've done. Um, thank you. If you've inspired, which I'm sure you would have done, other practices, are you happy that I pass on your email address to them? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and hopefully, and you've given us some lovely sort of sm small steps in a sense, and we can sort of follow your journey, and, and, it, and it feels quite doable. Um, but yeah. I think that it sounds like you've done it in a very safe way, and it's, it's obviously doing fantastic things with your patients. Um, so thank you for spending yeah. some time with us today. No, thank you very much. It's been good. Thank you. Wessex LMCs, supporting you and your practice.